Action Park Media. The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Hi, Scout. Hi, babe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I am so good. You know what I need desperately? Hi, everybody. Hi, guys. Welcome to Talk Scary to Me. I need a massage, man. I was supposed to have one today. I had to cancel it because we're here. God, fuck me. Me too. I was supposed to have one yesterday and then I got my period. And I don't like to have massages when I'm on my period. Yeah. I just don't. I don't like it. So then I'm upset because now I have to wait fucking four days before I can have someone touch me and get these (laughs) fucking huge knots out of my back. Even my boyfriend like cannot get these knots out. He's so tense. I, I just, I always you carry, carry things right here. Yeah. I carry things right here in my gut or in my hips. Yeah. You know? Me I too. Always. We're it's, like the same person. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like excited. There's like a certain guy that I go to yeah. in like this kind of like hole in the wall. Great. His name's Andy. Okay. I go and I request Andy every time. And okay. every time I, I, I leave the, or he's done, I'm like, was it better this time? And he's always just like, nope. <laughs> like it's, you're worse. <laughs> I think it's because I wait so yeah. long yeah. in between. Oh, sorry. Everybody, can you please turn your cell phones on? Oh, yeah. Scout Compton, please turn your cell phones on. Um, yeah, I just wait so long. I'm not one of those women that like has like a membership to like a spa like massage. Me? Do you? Yes. Do you? Yes. Do you, do you, do you find yourself like going? No, because and the only reason why I did it is because I wanted to make myself go once a month. Okay. It was like, you pay this fee. It was, it's Burke Williams. It's like 130 bucks a month. You're like, cool. Cause the massages are like 190, the uh, like longer ones, 80 minutes. So like it okay. forces me to take care of myself, Does to that give include? myself an hour. Yeah. All the stuff there. So, so just that monthly fee and you can yeah. get as many facials, massages as you want? You can do whatever you want. You want. No. Oh, it's, okay. y- it's this dollar amount uh, mm-hmm. per, so I pay for the like one, whatever. It, 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 it's like it accumulates in your bank. But because they kept taking money out during COVID, they didn't oh. stop, but they were closed. <gasps> I have like $2,000 worth of credit. So I was like, cool, I'll get a facial. And I get a, like, how do you use that when they're only open no a couple days a week? Way. I know. They should give you up. your money back yeah, right. for those times. No, I just, I just need to use it. Oh, wow. I just that need to crazy. use it and use it. But that's okay because then it will force me to go like twice a week maybe. But it's not like I ever actually go twice a week. Yeah, that's crazy. I try I try other things. I'm like, okay, if I can't get a massage, it's yeah. more relaxing. My, my boyfriend got me a Peloton for Christmas. Wait, how is that? I know relaxing. <laughs> it's Wait, it's relaxing to like run. Like uh, I found this new thing for running. I, I I I used to hate running as a kid. I used to hate it, but for some reason, when I'm on a treadmill and I have like a class in front of me, yeah, that's relaxing for me. Relaxing. Yeah. Maybe just like it feeds your brain. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe that's what it. Maybe it just out. distracts myself from my, yeah, my knots from and yourself, then I, and then I create more knots <laughs> in my body. Maybe as it's I'm the Peloton going. that's making you have knots. May- maybe. 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 Oh, it has been. So since Christmas. Um, no, but so funny. Um, I was, so our Peloton, we are in the s- second story. So our, we, I didn't want to put the Peloton in the guest room for the downstairs neighbors. Oh yeah. To get upset. That's nice. You know? But I'd rather have it in the fucking of house. Course, than instead in the of the garage. Yeah. And you know, our garage is like, you have to go through. Don't tell anybody how to get into your garage to no, get your I'm Peloton. Not tell, I'm not going to tell anybody how to get into the. But I, but I, I open the garage door and it's in an alley. It's oh, facing like an apartment right. complex and like a lot of people. People walk by as okay. I'm on my Peloton. Is it motivation for you though? It is. It is motivation for me. Um, yeah. Yes, it is. Sometimes, but someone's like watching. Sometimes when yeah. when I see people, I'm like, sure. yeah, I'm not gonna. I wanted to stop, but now you're here pulling in your car <laughs> in your garage, and I'm not gonna stop until you get into your house. Please, can you get into your house? Yeah. Sometimes I have those moments with right. myself. But there was a, the other day. I don't know what it is. When people are walking in this alley, it's some. It's like an invitation into my garage. I've had so many people stop and come into your garage, come into my garage and have conversations with me. 
What? When I'm doing a workout. I mean, I'm in North Hollywood, you know, I'm not in like, you know, where you are, where it's like, I mean, I'm in an apartment and my garage is like in an alleyway. So people there's talk like a in lot my neighborhood people. all the time. They're always chit chatting outside. But like I've had, I like, I've had this woman last night came in and it was really dark. It was like getting dark and Tom was walking the dogs. Um, and don't work out in your garage. I did in the dark with I the fucking door I open in an alleyway. I was hot, man. I needed the air. I needed. I needed. It, I was burning up. And this this woman, she was eighty one years old, oh. and she came in, and I didn't know right away if she was like homeless or not. You know, like oh. I, it was like that kind of vibe. Like I didn't know um, what was what was up. But, but you know, and she she just like came in, and like the first thing she said to me, she was like, "Is that a good workout?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's really great." And then she was like, um, she's like, oh, it looks like a good workout. It looks like you're having a really good time. She was like, you know, I need a hug. <gasps> what do you say? What do you say, Danielle? What do you say? I can't hug you. It's it's COVID. Oh, I was just like, okay. Like oh, she was just so sad. She just looked so sad. And, and I then she her. fucking shanks you. Yeah, and she right? killed me. And I'm then not she here takes anymore. all your shit. Um, but then she was like, tomorrow is my birthday. Oh. And I was she like. She sounds like a crazy person. Oh my goodness. She wasn't. She lives right up the street. Oh, she her her daughter's a hairdresser. Some of the stories that she she would eventually Tom showed up, but some of the stories she would share was like she would she would start it off with well, story time. Oh God! And she, she just, How long was she in your she fucking garage kept for? On saying, oh, story time! And she kept on saying, I mean, she was eighty-one years she's, old. She's crazy, Scout. She, she, she sounds a little crazy. She told too. me like four stories. Story time. Oh God! I was like, ah. And then Tom and I was looking at each other. We're like, story time, oh story time, story time, story time. I didn't know what to do, so I finally, you know, I have these running shoes on my treadmill that I just use on my treadmill, and then I changed my shoes to go into my back yard and I, I took my shoes off I put my new shoes on I think that maybe she'd get, She'll the, get the hit, hit. yeah I get the hit but no. she was super sweet like she was really really sweet but um I was just like wow I more people talk to me in my garage than people talk to me when I go to the grocery <laughs> store I'm like damn I should just put like a we should just do a fucking episode there we'll just get live live audience members my coming God. in and I mean because she, she did she wanted some advice on something and I was just like holy shit I was like what is happening oh my god she's gonna be so by all the time now she's gonna funny. be like knocking at your door yes yes she is and, and Tom ended the uh, the meet with oh well we're here all the oh, time shit, I was like you motherfucker no. Oh, you're like you're here all the time, bro. I'm here all the time. You can't work right now. You're still injured. Oh, I'm here all the time. I've got this one dog that comes all the time. He's like my boyfriend, and then it's a you know I talk to his owner, who's a girl, and and just like the wow. She's you're making like the, a lot of friends. I'm making a lot of friends. This man. is why I want to go live in the middle of nowhere. Me too. I don't want to talk to people. Me too. Except you. Yeah. <laughs> I like talking to people, but I don't want them like in my space. No, man. And it's so it's so strange, like how many people like. Don't have that boundary. They're right. just like, let me input myself into your shit yep. here for as long as I want to. Yep. It's such a good convention though. When you're like, I don't, I, I, you've been talking to me for like 20 minutes. Oh yeah. I don't really know what else to talk about, but you're just still kind of yeah. hanging out. Yeah. And I just don't really know what to say. I, I, a lot of the, I like the sayings when they're like, well, there's no one here. So I'll just sit. I'll just stay. I'll just you. stay. I'll just I'm hang like, out. Ah! You look like you're not busy. You look like, like you're bored. I'm Are you like, bored? I'm not. I'm actually just relaxed for a second. Yeah, just until, taking a, a, br- a brain a breath. break. A breath, yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. Uh, well, we're getting a lot of really good questions still. Yeah? Of course. Yes, I'm excited. Um, Let's see. Shall we start to... I have, we have a lot, so maybe we should Done. just start let's reading do it. Let's some do it. because I want to like... Let's do it. We, we, yeah, you guys keep on sending us keep send, keep questions and then they get buried with more questions. So we want to make sure that we get through these. So we're going to do a little bit more... Um, and keep sending time. because yes. I, we're all, we are in like different moods depending on what you're working. So at talkscarytome.com. Yes. Send them there. Please do. That's where we both can read them. Amazing. Okay. Um, there's some like cool, like, you know, we haven't really talked about, oh, about it is like work stuff, like oh. set stuff, work stuff, movie okay, stuff. Okay, let's do it. Um, so, uh, uh, okay. So this is from Jared. Jared says, hi, Scout and Danielle. Awesome show. I've listened to all of your episodes and just joined your Patreon. Keep up Yay. the amazing work. Yay, guys. Every people keep asking where to see our, like we film it too, and you can see it on, we have it on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I recently completed a low budget $10,000 
47-minute short film, which is currently being submitted to film festivals. Obviously, I didn't have much money to pay my talent and crew, so I did my best to create a fun and enjoyable environment for everyone involved. It took two years to complete the project because of COVID. Damn COVID. Mm. Uh, But everyone had an awesome time making the film. My question is, what do you feel are some good characteristics of a fun and enjoyable set to work on? And can you give an example of any personal positive experiences you've had working on a low-budget film in your career? I could probably come up with more negative experiences. Really? Okay, uh, okay. You go first, then. Jeez. Um, oh, God. I don't know. It's just like... God, I don't even know. I, I, I mean, I remember... I don't know. I, I don't want to like call anybody out yeah, on stuff. I know. You know? It's, it's tough. Like, it's tough because you know they're listening. I know. They're listening. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, okay. Well, let's, let me just answer your question. So your question, I think, like what are some things that make you comfortable when there's no money on the table? Like Food. It's, it's, that's Food. a big deal. Feed me, man. Just feed me. I, I honestly, yeah. I just need a bar, a granola bar. I'm pretty yeah. simple. Yeah. I don't need anything. Water. Water's Everyone's great. Like they'll give you like a big trailer and a this, and you're like, yeah. wait a minute. On this, and it's mostly on the low budget movies that go out of their way mm-hmm. to do all of this stuff. You know, I, there was one time I did a movie and they sent a limo, a stretch limo to pick me up and take me to set. I was like, you guys are wasting your money on like the wrong thing yeah. because I'm weirded out to be in a it limo. It's funny when they send like limos and stuff. I, I had that happen to me for a Fallout music, Fallout Boy music mm. video. And I was like, what? I was like, I've, I've never had a, a limo sent. <laughs> no, it's like a PA, like with, you know, like there's like cigarettes and dirt and shit yeah. all over the car. You're just like trying to figure out They're how to get there. They're trying to move their baby stuff in the backseat yes. so you can fit your suitcase in. Yeah. Yes, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the norm. But yeah, I think it's like a good experience is like, being considerate of time, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that your shit is together before you get on set. Yes. Um, I don't like getting there on day one and like everything's a disaster and nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, try to just get it under control before your talent and your crew get there realistically. Like do your pre-production. Mm-hmm. Um, food is important. Oh my God, I did a movie where recently where, you know, in your contract, it's like, oh, they have to, they're, you know, we want to stay at a four-star hotel or five-star hotel, whatever. It's just a, this language. Of course, you're like, well, we're shooting in the middle of nowhere. I'm cool with the days in. Like, I'm not high maintenance when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but they thought they would oblige by the contract and put me in this, you know, in, in the Four Seasons. Wow. And I was like, I've never stayed at the Four Seasons yeah. for work before. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Even on, like, Damn. big budget stuff, it was yeah. so nice. And then I got my call time and um, it was... Uh, two and a half hours before I got my pickup time. It was two and a half hours before my call time. And I was like, wait, I don't have to be on set till one thirty. Why, why are they picking me up at 11? I don't wait. What's going on? Yeah. So I was like, let me just, let me just type in the address for the set. It was two and a half hours away. Oh no. I don't want to sit in two and a half. Just book each, me into the rat hotel. Thank you. Each, oh, man. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Yeah. They, they didn't know, you know, they were like, well, we, it was in our contract and we just wanted yeah. to make her comfortable. It's I like, usually, that's yeah. cool. Some, some produ- produ- productions have been like that and they'll ask me, they're like, well, the hotel's like 45 minutes away. Would you rather? That's yeah. is long, but they didn't tell me. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Amazing. Mm. I'm having like the best time ever. It was, yeah. I had like a pina colada at the pool when I showed up, you know, <laughs> I was like, I'm not, you never get this time. Oh my God. And then I was like, wait, I, wait, wait. What? I have to drive two and a half hours to set, work a 12 hour day and drive two and a half hours back. No, no. I was like, no. you know, I can't five hours in the car. Yeah. Like that's uh, terrible. Uh, it's horrible. I did this one shoot in New York. They flew me down for one day of filming, one day of filming. And I was like, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be in New York. And I got to bring my make- makeup artist with me. And when I got there, I found out that it was a night shoot. I was oh. like, oh, shit. Wait. So, yeah. So you so, got off the plane and went to work? No. So I had that day. Or, okay. Yes, yes, I did. So I, I arrived in the morning, and then I had to work at that night. Oh, no. Into the morning, and then leave the next fucking day. That's because you're like, you get her for one day. Yes. And they're like, okay, well. On a night shoot. Oh, and yeah, And so no. my makeup <sighs> artist, I mean, I guess, you know, she went to work. So she she was doing, you know, she was doing other stuff. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to snooze until my call time at 1.30 a.m. in the yeah, morning. Yeah, I've been there. And so I'm sleeping and then I wake up and it's like 4 a.m. I'm like, wait, what's happening? 
And I text her. I'm like, what's going on? Like, you guys have to be rapping like in a in like an hour or something, you know? And they're like, oh, they're so behind. They're so fucking behind. And I this got- This the day you were supposed to be on set? Yep. I got in there and we only had Wait, four- Wait, so you're on a will notify then? You weren't even on like, they didn't have like a specific call time they to pick did, you up? They did. They just didn't show up. It was in the same hotel. So they were using oh, I a see. hotel like up, up, up above. Got it. Sorry, I should explain that. Um, so I I was like waiting for, and then I finally got, you know, they're like, just bring her down, just bring her down. We'll, we'll, we'll switch and do, and, and go off of her stuff. And I go there and- the 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 director is using um is is using sketches like shot to shot like a shot to shot like list and he's going by the list not by like what's best for cameras shoot this angle oh. out shoot that angle out and then i find out that all the crew decided to do this short thing because i was a part of it oh no and it was like that was the only reason that this crew had come. And I shot 10 minutes. Oh, no. 10 minutes before, like, you had you to were stop. Done. And I had to leave the oh. next day. It was great. I was, like. Poor planning. Pre-production. Yeah. People. You know, you need to make sure yes. that you got all that stuff squared away. Yes. And you know how to operate a set, man. Yes. You have got to know how to Please operate a set. Please get a first AD that knows what they're doing. Please yes. get a first AD. First AD. Oh, Please my God. Do you first know how many times does not have first ADs a on lot, set? A lot. A lot. They are so important. So is the script supervisor. Please. You know, and I don't God. mind. I don't mind stepping in. I've always stepped in. Me but too. then I realize I'm like, dude, you don't guys, have to fucking do this. Yeah. Come on. There's no reason to no, like step in no, for this. No, 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 no. Um, but not a lot of things, but basic shit. But there is stuff that I like to say, like be a part of. Like I definitely have had them come to me and say, like, okay, this effect is not like what would you what would you suggest? Yeah. What yeah. would you do? Like in your in your experience, what has worked better for something like this? And it's like, why don't you just do this? Or I don't even need to do that. Why don't we do this? Or this would look better, or put the camera here, do this, that, whatever. It's so like your experience on set definitely comes into hand, especially because yeah. you keep, you know, horror. It's like yeah, you know it. Yeah, you're like, like okay, cool. Hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like this is what you guys need to do. This is you're overthinking this. Yeah, totally. Totally. Which is usually what happens. Yeah, it's always. I always, I always have another hat when I'm when I'm filming a movie. Of course, always. My, and the one thing I do, I do look out for is my crew. I uh, always look out for my crew, and my yeah. crew always like tells me shit, like when they haven't gotten paid or yeah. when st- something like that. And I will like, I will not work. I will not fucking do that scene until I know that my crew is being taken care of. Like. I'm just that person. I've had to pull that a couple of times. Oh. I will not come back to set if you don't pay this crew. I've, uh, have you have you had to I, do that? I only have recently found out about a movie that I did that they didn't pay the crew for the last week and some of the vendors and some naughty stuff and horrible things had happened and I didn't know what was going on when I was on set. Yeah. I knew something was a little off, but I didn't know. And I had asked actually the cast on the second week if I was like, you guys are getting, you've been paid, right? Just... Just because I just want to make sure because some things were being were a little bit weird and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't the first two weeks. It was the last week that they didn't pay um, when particular producer didn't pay the the crew and some of the vendors, mm. um, which is not OK. I was the one getting food for them yeah. at the 12th hour. You oh, know, wow. it was like, how are you not. people not getting fed and we're working our asses off and like it's fucking pizza. Yeah. 200 bucks. Like yeah. it's pizza. You know, I mean, anything, the smallest thing is like, wow, thank you so much for, for appreciating the work that they put in. Mm-hmm. And there's no downtime and there's no, this is like, but this is back when like IATSE was going to strike and it's like, you know, the crews were really getting taken advantage of. Yeah. So thank God, <sighs> thank God that all happened. And we've got some improvement. I it's still hard. think it could be more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really shit's do. fucking hard. I'm like, what? Doing movies in 12 days and 15 days and like, we're, it's Dude, just so hard. I'm tired of movies getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Less was, money, less I, money, dude, less money to make them. one movie that they try to get me to do in seven days. Yeah. Seven days. Yeah. That sounds like a fucking horror movie in itself. I'm like, are we doing a horror movie? Are we going to just, is everyone going to get murdered on the seventh day? Because that's so how it's going to feel. basically doing 20 pages a day. Dude. Right? I, tr- I I turned down that movie because yeah, I no. was like, I'll be a bitch. I'll be a bitch. You no, won't like me. It's too hard. Continuity is really important to me and there's going to be none. 
It's too hard. I was just like, I cannot do because that. you're the one that takes the blame if the movie's shitty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's not the people behind the camera; it's the people in front usually. Yeah, and don't you want the movie to be good? So why would you even do it? And so people that- just make movies to crank them out and think they're going to make money. Yeah, instead of really doing it to make a movie. Like this yeah. guy sounds like it took two years to do it and ten grand. Like that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people ask us all the time, like, how do you get into it? Just you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. You just do it. Make your own movies. You've got access to stuff now to platforms to distribute it put it on and make it happen and connections and ways to contact people. And, you know, you never know. And I think that's being heard because I I, I hear of a lot more younger, you know, generation just making movies now, just doing it. Why not? Yeah. We didn't have that growing up. I wish I did. My fucking flip camera or whatever. I I, I wish. Do you know how many movies we'd be making? I know. As teens? We can still make movies. Yeah. I can't wait to make a movie with you. Um, Okay. So I have one over here. Yeah. Give me your question. So I know that this is like, okay. So SLAA, this is like a- yeah, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. This it is, is a 12-step like program. This is something that not you don't really talk about. People didn't really know what it you was. Know? And you're not supposed to. You're not really supposed to. So like when we Unless did you're in it. when we did bring it up or whatever or at least not share the right, stories right. that are Oh, of course. you know, that you hear. Um, okay, so greetings Danielle and Scout. Been a big fan of the podcast since day 1 and a fan of both of you for a long time now. I had a question about SLAA. When I first heard about it, I was glad to know that there was a place where other people like me could go to discuss this side of things like a lot of people don't understand. I have a few questions that I was hoping that you could answer. So I may feel better about one. uh, So I may feel better. Uh, So one, what was the moment or incident that caused you to seek out SLAA? You want to take it? I know mine. Do you want to? You go. Yeah, you go. Oh, shit. I have to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll go. I'll go. go. Um, Mine was mine was more of love addict. Mm. I was I was addicted to I'd never been single. Mm. Since I knew what a relationship was, it was like 15. I'd never, like, when I was out of a relationship, I was in someone's bed. Mm. And then I was back into that abusive relationship. And then when I was out of it, I was in another bed. You know, like, right. I was just, I was never, I was never alone. I was never, never, never alone. And, you know, when I, when you hear, like, sex, you need to go to the sex, you know, meetings. And I'm just like, well, I'm not addicted to sex. I'm, And they're like, well, mm, you're addicted to love. Mm. You're addicted to that. And then, the, Do you remember the moment that, or who, what happened that someone said that to you? Or were you just talking about another relationship that you were in that someone was like, you might want to consider this? You know, Helen Mirren. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> I love you, Helen. Um, yes, Helen had brought that up to me when um, one day we were, we were um, taking one of her private planes home to LA and because no other plane would go with this bad weather. And I was talking to her and I was facing her in the plane. Wait, so you're on a private, you're on a, a chartered jet with Helen Mirren talking about sex and love addicts. Yes. That's fucking amazing. Isn't that cool? Isn't that yes. cool? She's a badass yes. woman. She's a badass woman. I learned so much from her. And a couple of the other girls were, were there as well. But I just remember like, it was like kind of like a life life changing moment because the, the life the, the, the plane was like going like crazy because the rain was really bad. Right. Oh my and God. And I was facing the wrong way and I was just looking at this beautiful woman <laughs> and she's just telling me like my, my sex issues and I'm just like, oh my God. Wow. Like eye opening. Um, but it took me a couple years or a few years after that to to really go look into it. Yeah. I kind of like put it in one ear sure. and out the other, but I kept it in like a little journal. Yeah. So I, I later on went, What about you? God, um, my therapist had recommended it, um, but I wasn't quite sure. You know, I just wasn't quite sure. And I had a girlfriend of mine that was going um, and getting a lot out of it. Uh, and, you know, I. I, I remember I, I, well, a couple of things. I had this, I'm talking about flip camera. Um, I would like, it was one night I was, I had this guy that I was dating come over and it was this guy, I think I've talked, I've told you about him forever ago. It was like Tuesdays and Thursdays, like Tuesdays, okay. we'd be down. <laughs> Tuesday, man. Tuesday, Thursday. So it was like Tuesday, we would be down over on this side, like the West side. And we'd like meet at the Mirabelle bar or whatever. And we would sit there and we'd have drinks. We'd go back to his house and have sex and I'd go home. And then, you know, the next week he'd come up to the Valley and we would go somewhere and we would have drinks and go back to my house and have sex and he would go home. And anyway, so, uh, we, we had, had sex and then it was late at night, had sex. And then he like had a freak out about, um, not wanting to have a baby. Like it was something so weird. He was divorced. He had a kid. It was like, wait, wait, 
It was like he asked me if I was on the pill like after. We'd already been having sex for a while. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I'm on the pill. And yeah, wait, I'm so confused. And he was like, oh, I just am not in a place to have any kids. I was like, what makes you think I'm in a place to want to have a kid with you? I'm just like, yeah. wait, now you freak out? What the hell's going on? Anyway, um, he left and I just felt like, like kind of like a piece of shit. Mm. You know, he left and I was sitting at my dining room table and I was smoking cigarettes and I was like, wow, this guy was like, oh, God, God forbid I get, you get pregnant with Mike. Like, I don't want any part of this. Yeah. It's like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. The fuck am I doing? This guy's like freaking out if God forbid I get pregnant. And so why am I allowing him in my home, in my bed, in my life? Mm-hmm. This is not what I want. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. I wanted like a partner. So why was I continuing to allow myself to meet this dude for drinks twice a week so we could have sex, you yeah. know? And okay, cool. Like I've been in other relations where I didn't even go out to have a drink before I had sex. I just go to their house and hang out for like six months at a time. And like, you know, I would, wouldn't stay for six months. It was like a long period of time where you just like never actually went anywhere. Yeah. You just went over and hung out, mm-hmm. um, which is fucked up because they're not dating you, you yeah. know, um, you're just giving it up. Uh, so he left and I, I filmed myself talking about the way I felt. And I thought, God, I really should like keep a a video journal of these things, these bottoms, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I filmed myself and then I watched it again the next day. And I was like, I can't do this to myself anymore. Why am I allowing this to continue to happen? This Mm -hmm. is really not okay. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of that. I think even at that time, I was dating like three different guys and doing all the same thing with all three of them. I was dating another sex and love addict who we would go, we, we had the best. It was like on and off. Because, and I was starting to tell him about it. And he was like, I'm actually in program as well, which I, he had never told anybody before. And then we would trigger each other. Mm-hmm. And then I would trigger him and he'd be like, I need a silence for six weeks or a month or two months because I'm, I'm in my addiction again. I can't get out of you know the office and I can't stop masturbating to porn. You've got me in this whirlwind and I'm sick. Yeah. I need, I can't, like I, I have to stop. So I would stop seeing him and then I would just go on to, to somebody else. I was like, this is a really gnarly is a circle. Cycle, yeah. But then I went to my my girlfriend took me to my first meeting or second meeting, and it was an all girl, all women meeting, and um, I got recognized by somebody. Damn, that was always a fear of mine. But she was like, "Aren't you? Wait, are you the? You're the girl from don't from you were in Wish Upon a Star, right? (gasps) But it was so like." uh, I don't, even if you think you know somebody, don't say don't it. Don't say anything. Do you know how many people are recognizing that fucking thing? Oh, of course. You know, of like, course. don't say it. It's just weird. It's like, cause then I automatically go into a place where now I'm like, I'm another person. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the actress now yep. and I'm answering questions and I'm like at mm-hmm. a Q and A and it just was not a place that I could be. So it took me a while to kind of find my, I think that's why groove. it was so hard for me too. Because I, I felt like I wasn't, I couldn't be like my authentic self going into these rooms. Well, if you're in like an AA or NA, it's, it doesn't feel as shameful mm-hmm. as I'm addicted to mm-hmm. being in sexually abusive relationships or in emotionally abusive relationships or I abuse myself emotionally by putting myself in relationships with men that don't care about me mm-hmm. or don't want the same things. And I'm like, cool, you know, cool, cool girl syndrome. Like when is that, when is that going to stop? Yeah. So it's, it's a shameful, weird thing, you mm-hmm. know, being, a, and and people think like, oh, oh, you're addicted to sex. Like you're a woman. Like, what does that mean? It's yeah. Like, I, it's a very hard thing to explain to mm-hmm. somebody. I mean, it's even difficult for me to explain it to my husband. Yeah. He doesn't really understand and doesn't want to know that I like, would treat myself this way or so had men like that? This you know? is one of his questions. How did you explain to your husband um, that what you did was caused by the addiction and how did they handle it? My husband doesn't still doesn't understand, doesn't understand it. Okay. You know, it's, um, he's also doesn't want to know my yeah. antics. Yeah. He doesn't want to know, you know, my rendezvous and like the weird, dark, horrible shit that I allowed to happen in my life. Mm -hmm. And I get it, you know, but also it's a part of who I am Mm -hmm. and it will help my partner understand when I have intimacy issues or I am not as affectionate or Mm -hmm. because for me it was, um, I had a, I had a hard time and still do being like the aggressor, like the, like, you know, the, the dominant, I, because it it's like I'm putting on a show. 
Yeah. And when I was in my addiction, I was, I had the music cued. I had the fucking outfits. I had the night plan. I was fully in control of everything. And when they would leave, I would cry or be, or be really truly myself. So I don't want to be the naughty girl necessarily for, for years with my husband because it didn't, it didn't feel, I felt a disconnect Mm -hmm. when I would become her. Yeah, and it was you know we we got into a discussion. Um, uh, uh, he was uh, he was upset. I'll just say it. He was upset that I, you know, we did our photo shoot and I wore that the blue outfit, the little laundry thing. He bought me that for Christmas, oh. but I hadn't tried it on for him or oh. worn it yet. So he was he was upset that that I took pictures in it and shared pictures before he even was and able never to able it. to see it. So I said to him, I'm, that's not like when I'm with you, I'm, that's not me. Like yeah. I'm, you know, I'm your wife, your baby mama. Like I'm like, you know, cute t-shirts and yeah. I'm, this is me, you yeah. know, like sure you could see, you know, my six inch heels and my fish. I mean, that is definitely a part of me and I feel sexy like that. But when I'm really being truthful to who I am, I'm more of like the girl next door. Yeah. So I don't want to put on the dominatrix unless we've agreed that that's what we're going to do that night. Yeah. And if that's what he needs and wants that sometimes, then we and I can role play. Cool. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be me that's doing that. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that does make sense. It does make sense. I think that's his own little issue. I think. I think with like maybe how he's coping with seeing you in lingerie. Fuck yeah, that's you know? gonna be horrible. Yeah, I'm I, showing I, it to the world. Yeah, and talking about all this stuff here. You know, he doesn't know a lot of these stories. Yeah, it's like I. That's why I, so I was like, oh, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, this is almost like my my time to, to have my tell. This is this is like my SLAA meeting where I could be honest and share mm-hmm. because I, we're getting people are sharing with us mm-hmm. while I may not see you. You know, I'm hearing your stories and it's nice to know um, that we're not alone and and that, you know, we're human, even though we're actresses and yeah. you don't get to just see the celebrity bullshit side of stuff. And uh, you get to see the real, the real stuff. And yeah. this is really, this, these things are, are really real and really vulnerable and hard to talk about and confusing. Mm-hmm. But great. If someone comes up to me at some point and says like, uh, I'm an SLA too, or I struggle, I didn't know what that was. There's lots of different sex addicts. Yeah. Lots of different things. There's anorexics. There's people that don't, I mean, there's, it's like, it's a very, very broad thing and it's complicated. I think people just see the word sex. They think and you just want to fuck just all the like, time. It's sex. You just want to fuck. What's the problem with that? There's so much more to it. Well, what was your, what was your bottom? Um, I mean, I, I think that, that, that was, it's kind of similar to yours. I, I, I had that cool girl syndrome and I didn't know how to think for myself yeah. or my vagina. Well, we talked, I would change clothes. Yeah. Like depending on the guy that I was dating, like, what is he like? Oh, yeah, this guy same. likes me with no makeup same, and, and, and granny panties. This same. guy wants me to be like badass tattooed dark eyeliner. This guy wants. I th- didn't see me in the mirror at all, ever. No. I was always playing someone else, always, and to keep them around, to keep them coming back for more. Yeah, yeah, it was, of course. It was a, it was an addiction. It was yeah. definitely an addiction. You know, my girlfriend that took me to SLA, she, she has a podcast too, and we were talking about it, and uh, she said to me, which I hadn't remembered, she's like, "I'll never forget what you told me, what you would do when you would break off a relationship." And I was like, "What would I do?" She's like, "You don't remember what you would do?" And I said, "No." She's like, "You would get rid of all your underwear." Oh, because yeah, and I was like, "That's really interesting." Um, and I was thinking about it because one of the episodes we did not too long ago, I told you I don't wear underwear. Yeah. Is that why? I have never worn underwear with my husband since I've been in my relationship. Wow. I mean, if I wear a dress, I was like, what are you wearing underwear for? But it's like, it's just not, I have a drawer full of beautiful panties, but like, I just, it's not, that's not my, I, I don't know. I don't know what that, what that, yeah. I used to like buy certain things depending on what I thought the guy would think is sexy. Wow. Okay. And my husband just likes me for me. So I don't have to put that stuff on. Hmm. So it's, I don't, yeah, I used to give away all of my, but I, again, I have tags and whatever. I'd like get rid of it, give it away. My girlfriend was like, I'll take your fucking yeah, $30 like, give me it, give age me provocateur it. underwear. I'm like, I'll give it to you, girl. I think, I think that's an addiction for me. Like every time I go to like Urban Outfitters or Target or oh, anywhere, yeah. I have to do the sale, the $4 for the four, four pair for four 20 for bucks. 20, yeah. I, I just have a shit ton of underwear. <laughs> I have a shit ton, but then I lose them. 
<laughs> then I don't know where, where they, they fucking are. I don't know. <laughs> Your the dog's dog eating them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, my dog was like, God, always. What the fuck is that, I don't man? know. What I is don't that? know. I it's don't like know. one thing when I'm going into the tub and I have to make sure that I put my fucking underwear up. And Can I'm I like, tell you, Cody, something? get off of my panties. So my dog, this is horrible. My dog Sally, Do who was not. a lab, uh-huh. used to eat uh, my clothes. Yeah. Um, when she was. Right before she passed, she was like, I don't know what the fuck was going on with her. She was literally losing her mind. She okay. would like get into the cabinets and and like take out food and like all. She was always kind of a crazy dog, but um, she towards the end of her life, she would eat stuff and then like poop it out. Oh. Um, and I think she died because she got something stuck. No, um, but I have pulled, I've pulled panties out of her butt. Oh my god. While she was going to the bathroom and couldn't get it out, I was like, what is sticking out of her butt? What is that? While she's like trying. And it was like my my thong. Danielle, it's called a hamper. I did. She would get it out of the hamper, dude. Okay, she would go in there and take stuff out and eat them and swallow it. Holy shit. Gross. I was like, my dog would never. Did I kill my dog? My dog would never eat up. My dog died because she ate my my panties. That is so sad (laughs) and funny at the same, but sad. That is so sad. So weird. Oh my God. Thank Uh, God, Cody. I mean, Cody's the size of my my chonies. I feel like you would fucking fall. You know, labs eat everything. Oh, uh, that was a good question. Okay, you have any other I ones? I know you do. Have I have. Um, well, well, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. There's a couple. Yeah. Okay. So let's do this one. Is actually kind of very simple, but I like it. Okay. Um, this is from Robert. He says, "Hey, ladies. My name's Rob. I'm a huge fan, and hope to see you guys at a con someday. I know you guys briefly talked about tattoos. They happen to be a turn on for me. Ooh. I've been told me what too, I man. like is too much sometimes. At what point do you think?" Tattoos and piercings can be too much to the point where they are a turnoff. Uh, he's been told, like, physically, like, what he's had on him or what he likes. Probably what he likes. Dude, whatever you like, you like. Yeah. Like, come on. Why who, does everyone have an opinion? Who cares about people's opinions? Who makes the rules? If you're not killing anyone or doing anything, yeah. you know, like, don't stop caring about people's opinions. Yeah. What you like, you like. And, and there's going to be a match out there for you. For me, I, you know, yeah. Does Tom have tattoos? No. He has zero. None. He has zero. And it's the first guy that I've dated with. Wow. It's the first guy I've dated with no tattoos. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Uh, he has none. He's like fucking country boy. He's yeah. like, he's, you know, from Alabama. <laughs> he has no tattoos. I'm sure people in Alabama have tattoos. Yes, yes. But I I'm, I am attracted to like people yeah. that tattoos. I Me like too. tattoos. That's why I have, I think I have like 21 or 22 tattoos. Yeah. I, I definitely find tattoos incredibly attractive. Sexy. Very sexy. Very sexy. What is, too, what is your like? Dude, I, honestly, the only thing that I wouldn't do is I don't like anything right on the face. Otherwise, I don't give a shit. I don't yeah. care if fucking head's tattooed, your neck's tattooed. Like, I would, okay. I fucking fingers all the way to, I would, I'm totally cool with completely tattooed. If that, I would think that's super hot. I don't know if I would want fully tattooed, but I, I definitely, maybe like face tattoos. I'm not into the face I tattoos. I want to see your face. Yeah. I want to see your little Everything baby other face. than your face. I want to see it. You know, that's why I like when beard, sometimes I like when yeah. he shaves, because I'm like, I want to see your face. Right. I want to just like look at hair. I've only seen my husband's face once. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he looks so different. So, like a completely different human being. Dude, uh, it's so he strange. Me, right before we got married, he did it. He's like, I just want you to see just yeah. because for, this is for it. kids come out this is looking it. like, that's just say so you know. And I was like, I think you're super cute, but he looks like a baby. Do you like him with his beard more? Than- uh, I like it trimmed. Okay, same. I like same. it trimmed. Like just, I don't like the like poking. I, I, I The other day he was kissing me and I was like, I, I was like poking his, um, I had, oh, yeah. I had like a paintbrush in my hand or I think I had my, my eyebrow pencil oh. and I just put it, I was like, this is How what it this feels feel? like. This is what it feels like when it gets like really pokey and this is all of your face. <laughs> but I like, I do like a beard. I, I, I do yeah. like a, like facial hair. I but do too. I, think I like tattoos. Like, I like tattoos. Like, I like pier- I like all that stuff. Anything like, like the split of the tongue thing. I don't Ooh. know if I could really get into that vibe. You ever dated a guy with a tongue ring though? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have. That's fun. That's fun times. Yeah. Um, I like maybe like in the eyeball that's like a thing now Whoa. or or these or or like um dermals yeah 
Yeah. Like, like putting like like a lizard man or whatever, like putting things, things under their like, skin. Yeah, like maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. But probably because it's like a new thing, and I wasn't like really aware of it. Yeah. Um, but I like to answer your question. I think it doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't matter. I dig tattoos. Yeah. I think you like what you like, and there are no rules as to what you like. It's up to you, and you're fucking what what you dig. Have you ever gotten anything pierced? Um, no, I went in to get my nose pierced and I got scared and I left. Oh, okay. Um, I was super into want, like I want, I would sometimes I'll wear like fake nose rings sometimes cause I think they're cool. I just, I'm scared of piercings. Yeah. I got like my ears pierced, but that's, that's, that's yeah. Like, I am scared of needles. Like, like, like yeah, me too, going, going through skin, something, but then I'm okay yeah. getting like my ribs tattooed. hundred percent. It's so weird. I've gotten yeah. my nose done a couple of times, my <laughs> septum. Um, I've always thought about getting my nipples, yeah. but. I've heard that you can like lose sensation there and like a lot can go wrong. And I'm like, if I maybe ever if I lost the sensation of my nipples. <laughs> maybe when I, I get a boob job, if they go, if it, if it goes numb, then I'll go get my nipples pierced. Have you ever thought of like piercing your vagina? No. No? No. How do people do that? Does I don't it feel know. good? Does it like, can, can you look at your computer? What is the sensation? It's caught on something. Ah! No. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with like a dick piercing, right? Well, that's different. Why is that different? Because it's pleasing the woman. I don't know if I would... What's a piercing gonna do? To okay, I've dude? never, I've never. Have you slept with a man that has a had a piercing on his peen? Mm, no. See, me neither. No, have I? I feel like no. I don't think so. I don't understand. Can you? Can okay, Danielle? Can you explain why that would be pleasing? Like, I think does, it if fe- the, does it does it hit something? Like, I don't. I understand. think if it's a bar. Oh, okay, 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 okay. It's like G-Spot maybe? Okay. I don't know. Do you guys, anyone, okay, tell okay, us. Can anybody tell us? Any yeah. woman, has or any woman that's listening been with a dude that's had his cock pierced? And what is the benefit for them, I guess, other than taking care of you? And the fact that they're like a fucking baller for getting their dick pierced. I mean, that's <laughs> in and of itself. You like, holy shit. You know what's so funny? Oh my God, there's, I, I sometimes when I'm really, really stoned, I'll go look at penis tattoos. You will? <laughs> I've never done that dude, before. Dude, there was one that I saw that was. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't, oh no. I can't even say, guys. Wait, Pinocchio? <laughs> You're kidding. That's Pinocchio's face. So every time. <laughs> he got a boner. It was Pinocchio's nose. Going, whoop. Wait, did he have his face on yes, something? His face on his like rig- Okay, I like, did. Rig- yeah. I did actually date a guy Dude, that had that a Pinocchio. No, you he, dated a Pinocchio. Man. No, he had a samurai. What? <laughs> <laughs> Head was below the belly button. Oh and then my god! Had like the 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 body, like the, the head, the body, and then like it. So it looked like the samurai had a giant. Yeah, my girlfriend dated someone sword. that had um, a wand, a Harry Potter wand. So every time he got a boner, it was like he was doing a magic trick and he would say, he would say like a, a spell. Oh God. He'd say a Harry Potter spell. I don't know if I could do it, dude. I don't know if I could do it. Maybe I couldn't do that. Okay. There's my cutoff. <laughs> I can't do Pinocchios and I can't do Harry Potter wands on the dicks. I mean, good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, man. Do you have any matching tattoos with anybody? Any like names, anything like that? No. Well, no. I have my kids' names underneath my boob. That's it. Yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's like the kiss of death. Like you don't get, you don't have a 10-year marriage re- vow renewal. See, that was my fucking go-to. And that you was don't like put my go-to in a relationship. <laughs> of anybody. And I, I don't want, ever want my name on my husband. Oh my God, I have a funny story to tell you. I have, do you have people that have your names? I mean, not fans, but like people that you dated. No. I think every one of my... X's has my name on yeah. their body. Still? Yeah. Or is it covered? One is gone. The other one, the, the other two, um, the last time I, yeah, is still there. No. Uh, but me, I have, I have one, you know, that I like, am, you know, I'm okay having on my body because it was like a time and place. Right. It was love. I have a lot of love for that person. Right. Like, you know, whatever I was in it, I was into it. Right, sure. And it, it made me who I am today and it guided me to who I am with today. So, so I was April Fool's Day two years ago. Wait. Three years ago, I mm-hmm. went and this I got my boys' names. I have, I have Carter Davis and Jagger Maxwell, and then I have the little airplane in the middle because Carter was like obsessed with the airplanes when Aww, he was everything was cute. airplane, 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 cute. little airplane, whatever. And um, I thought it'd be funny. My tattoo artists were like, "How can I, what kind of April Fool's joke can I play on David?" So you know, after you get your tattoo, they put the cellophane over it with the tape or whatever, and it's a little gooey. So and because my tattoo artist drew, it was his handwriting that drew the, my boys' names on one side. I was like, I have a funny idea to, to play a joke on David. On the other side of my boob, I want you to write David's name and then put the cellophane over both. Yeah. And then 
we'll just I'm just gonna be like April Fools. It's like not you know. He got excited. So I so I took a picture. So I I I was like, oh god, he wasn't home. It was like he was late getting home. Yeah, and I was like, this is fucking rubbing off already. Like the sharpies like yeah. coming off because of the you know of the, the the goo or whatever the Vaseline to make it look real. So I took a picture and and I and I sent it to him, and he was like, oh babe, yeah, you bitch, you didn't think he was gonna like that. I thought he'd be like, dude, I know your husband. I know he's gonna like that. You did not. <laughs> yes. We always talk about like no way, no way, no way, no uh-huh. way. And then I was like, oh god, now I have to be like. April Fools, it's not real. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would never get your name, babe. Never. I you. would never get your name tattooed on me. That's like the kiss of death. Oh, my God. No. Oh, so, I could see that. Yeah, he came home that. and I was like, he, oh, he came home and he's like, let me see. I want to see it. And I was like, oh, it's not Psych. real. It's not real. Psych. I'm sorry. I didn't know you would like it. Oh, man. I know. Oh. Listen, I took his last name. That's yeah, that, that's it. That's it. I'm married. We're good. Oh, um, do you have okay. any other questions? Or I've got some more if you want to do another one. Um, How much time? What time? What's our time right now, you guys? Oh, okay. Okay. So let's get into this case. Let's do it. Get, let's into, the get case. into this case. Okay. So we may go a little longer. Sorry, guys. Um, so this case... Um, is very is very rough for me to get into. I I did an I did a movie called American Crime, mm-hmm. which was with a ton of fucking people: Catherine Keener, um, oh, um, Elliot Page, now mm-hmm. um, Evan, um, Evan Peters, um, uh, James uh, James Franco. Like it was a lot of a lot of fucking people. And I remember when I was auditioning for this movie and I was reading the script. It was one of those scripts that I I was crying. Oh, I was crying. I was recording bawling. Bit of that so yeah, we can I was share bawling, it. bawling. Um, so I'm gonna get into it. And it's yes. an older case. It's like it's in the '60s. It's an older, older, older case. Okay, so this was the case about Gertrude Banaszewski. So it was called the most terrible crime ever committed in Indiana, and half a century later, the title still holds. On October 26, 1965, police found 16-year-old Sylvia Likens' corpse covered with more than 150 wounds, ranging from burns to cuts, sprawled on a filthy mattress in the Indianapolis home of 37-year-old Gertrude, mother of seven. So Gertrude and her children tortured Sylvia Likens to death. The perpetrators even managed to involve an entire neighborhood of kids to help them commit this brutal murder. So it wasn't just Gertrude and her seven children. She also had a ton of neighborhood kids. These kids were like eight to 16, 17. How do you introduce that to them? You come, invite them over and be like, didn't they go tell their parents? <laughs> so, I mean. So, so let me get into this. So Lycan's parents were both carnival workers and were therefore on the road more often than not. And they struggled to make ends meet as her father, Lester, had only an eighth grade education and a total of five children to care for. So in July, 1965, Lester Lycan's decided to take up with the carnival again while his wife was jailed for shoplifting that summer. And Sylvia's brothers, Danny and Benny, were put into the, the care of their grandpam- grandparents. And with few other options, Sylvia and Jenny were sent to stay with a family friend named Gertrude. Mm-hmm. Also good to note that Jenny, the youngest sister, had polio. Okay. So Sylvia, Jenny, staying with Gertrude. Okay. Gertrude was a very, was very, every bit as poor as Lincoln's and had seven of her own kids to support in her rundown home. She'd already been through multiple divorces, some of which resulted in physical abuse mm. against her and dealt with a crippling depression through heavy doses of prescription drugs. And who knows what the fuck yeah. that was back then. Yeah. Uh, she was what in year is this? 1965. 65, okay. So she was in no condition to take care of these two teenage girls. Um, the Lycans, though, didn't really have much of a choice. Right. So for the first two weeks of their stay, Sylvia and her sister were treated kindly enough. Though Gertrude, oldest daughter, Paula, mm-hmm. 17, seemed to butt heads with Sylvia. Okay. Then one week later, their father's payment came in late. So Gertrude seemed Uh-oh. to get irritated. And at first, she spat on Sylvia and Jenny. She grabbed Sylvia by one arm, dragged her into the room, and closed the door. Jenny could only sit outside the door and listen to her sister's scream. Oh, my God. No. Yes. The money arrived the following day. Oh, God. But the torture had just 
begun. So Gertrude soon began to abuse both Sylvia and Jenny in broad daylight. Through a frail, though a frail woman, Gertrude used a heavy paddle and thick leather belt from one of her husbands who was a cop. She would, she was too, when she was too exhausted or too weak to discipline the girls herself, Paula, the oldest sister, stepped in. Sylvia, however, soon became the focus of the abuse. Gertrude demanded that Jenny join in. Gertrude accused Sylvia of stealing from her and burned the girl's fingertips. She took her to a church function and force-fed her free hot dogs until she was sick. Then as a punishment for throwing up good food, she forced her to eat her own vomit. Oh, my God. She allowed her children, in fact, encouraged her children to partake in the abuse for Sylvia and her sister. So the kids practiced karate on Sylvia. They slammed her into walls and onto the floor. They used her skin as an ashtray, threw her downstairs, and cut open her skin and rubbed salt into her wounds. After this, she would often be cleansed in a scalding hot bath. Gertrude gave sermons on the evil of sexual behaviors while Paula stomped on Sylvia's vagina. Paula herself was pregnant, accused Sylvia of being with child, and mutilated the girl's Mm -hmm. genitals. Fucking horrific what this girl had to go through. Gertrude's 12-year-old son... John Jr. delighted in forcing the girl to lick his youngest sibling's soiled diapers clean. (gasps) Sylvia, so this scene right here, what we did in the movie, was absolutely horrific to film after reading this. So who did you play in the movie? So I played um, Stephanie. Uh, she partaked in some of the uh, the prior abuse, but then she she had a boyfriend at the time, and she felt very uncomfortable. And she went and stayed with her boyfriend while she knew all this shit was going on. But she went and stayed with her boyfriend until the the very last end. So Sylvia was forced to strip naked in front of the kids, and as a lesson, Gertrude put an empty Coca Cola bottle into her vagina. While the kids watched, Sylvia was so beaten. I'm going to get really, really emotional. Sylvia was so beaten that she was unable to use the bathroom. And when she wet her mattress, Gertrude decided that the girl was no longer to fit with the rest of the children. And she sent her down to the basement. Oh, God. She locked her in the basement and tied her up into the basement. Now, Gertrude had managed to get all the neighborhood kids involved. Gertrude spread every n- story she could imagine to get the local kids to join in on the beatings. She told her daughter that Sylvia had called her a whore and got her daughter's friend to come over and beat her up for it. So your question was, why the How? fuck didn't anybody say, say anything? Say anything. So at one point, Sylvia's older sister, Diana, attempted to see the girls under Gertrude's care, but was turned away at the door. Jenny later reported how Diana snuck food into the basement in which Sylvia was, hide, was, was hiding or, or, or kept. A neighbor, a neighbor had also reported the incident, incident to a public health nurse who, upon entering the home and not seeing Sylvia, for she was locked in the basement, concluded that nothing was wrong. Nothing was wrong. Gertrude had also um, said um, that she had run away. Mm. So um, other next door neighbors allegedly were aware of how Sylvia was abused. They had seen Paula strike the girl in the home on two separate occasions, but claimed not to report the abuse because they were feared for their own lives. Okay. The abuse of Sylvia continued unhindered, in fact, aided by all of those around her. Mm. So her death. I am going to die, Sylvia told her sister three days before she did. I can tell. And Gertrude could tell too. And so she forced Sylvia to write a note in which she told her parents that she had run away. Sylvia was also forced to write, write that and she, that she met up with a boy and was given them sexual favors. And afterwards, they'd beaten her and mutilated her body. Shortly after this, Sylvia overheard Gertrude tell her children that she was going to take Sylvia to a forest and leave her there to die. A desperate Sylvia, Sylvia attempted one final escape. She managed to get out the front door before Gertrude caught her. Sylvia was so weak from her injuries that she could not have, she couldn't possibly have gotten too far. So with the assistance of a neighborhood boy named Coy Hubbard, Gertrude beat Sylvia with a curtain rod until she felt unconscious. Then when she came, then when she came back to, she stomped on her head. She burned her stomach with a heated needle. I am a prostitute and proud of it. 
Into her fucking stomach. Oh my stomach. God. Into her fucking stomach. <sighs> One of Gertrude's girls, Stephanie, myself, who I played, came home to find the gruesome scene and called for help. Filming that scene with Katherine Keener, like crying on the couch, acting like she hadn't done anything and coming in oh, and, God. And, and, and holding, you know, Elliot. It was the craziest out-of-body experience I have ever gone through in my entire filmmaking career. I was going to say, it feels like, yours. like what, that would be way more that intense was the, than what you and I, I went through. I think yours was because I had more of a, a connection, a connection yeah. w- with you. Um, so Sylvia was dead by October 26, 1965 from a brain hemorrhage, shock, and malnutrition. After three months of torture and starvation, she could no longer form words and could barely move her limbs. When the police came, Gertrude stuck with her cover story. Sylvia had been out with the boys in the woods that she told them and that they'd beaten her to death. Jenny, though, took mm. her chance. As soon as she could get close to the police officers, she, wh- she whispered, get me out of here and I will tell you everything. Wow. So the trial. This is where mm. shit's crazy. The police arrested Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, John, Richard Hobbs, Coy Hubbard for murder. Neighborhood participants Mike Monroe, Randy, Darlene McGuire, Judy they were all responsible. Duke, and Cisco were also arrested for injury to person. These minors would blame Gertrude for being pressured to partake in the slaughter of Sylvia. There were several more children involved who proved just too young to be charged. I just list a bunch of fucking kids' names, and there were more kids. And these ages of these kids were seven to seven years old up, abusing this this little girl, this girl, to death. I wonder uh, any of these people that were children that are now adults. I wonder what uh, do you have something on mm-hmm, them? Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Ultimately, though, on May 19th, 1966, Gertrude was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. She was spared the death penalty despite her own lawyer admitting that, in my opinion, she ought to get the electric chair. Wow. Fuck yeah. Paula, who had given birth to a daughter during the trial, was convicted of second-degree murder and was also sentenced to life imprisonment. Richard Hobbs, Coy Hubbard, and John Jr. were all convicted by manslaughter and given two to 21 years prison sentence based on the fact that they were minors. The boys were all paroled just two years later in 1968. Gertrude spent 20 years behind bars. There was no question about her guilt. The autopsy backed up everything Jenny told the police. Sylvia had died slowly and painfully over several months. In 1971, both Gertrude and Paula were retried to the result that Gertrude was again found guilty. Paula pleaded guilty to a leaser charge of voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to two to 21 years. She once even managed to escape despite despite being recaptured. After about eight years behind bars, Paula was released and she moved to Iowa where she changed her name to Paula Pace and became a teacher's aide. Oh my God, you're kidding me. Yeah. She was suspended from her position when in 2012, an anonymous caller tipped off the school district that Paula was once convicted of the death of the 16-year-old Sylvia. Wait, do they not do background checks in fucking- but I've heard of this. I've yeah. heard of multiple people like being in right. the school system or whatever fucking system yeah. like and and have had been murderers right. in their past life. Uh, Gertrude, in spite of a widespread public outcry, Gertrude was paroled in 1985. She moved to Iowa, changed her name. Changed to her name after she was released. Mm-hmm. And died of lung cancer on June 16, 1990. She never took responsibility for her crimes, claiming she couldn't remember her actions. So I did, I did look up some of, um, so, so some of them are really hard to find. Like, like who I played Stephanie, we know that she moved, she has kids and Mm -hmm. she changed her name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coy Hubbard kept his name Mm. and stayed in the same town. And when American crime actually came out, Mm -hmm. he was fired from his job. So a lot of them, one, one boy, um, what year was the, the movie come out? Um, oh God, I don't remember. I think two that around 2012, maybe okay. possibly. I don't have internet. Like Ten years, probably. God, I don't have internet. Um, yeah. So, so a lot of them changed their name, and, and yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. You know, I f- I always thought like when when people go to jail for abusing children, um, they get fucking destroyed in jail. Yeah. Maybe she was kept like separate from everybody. Oh no, this is a fucking crazy thing, Gertrude was known as mom. Oh God. While she was in prison. She was known as mom. 
People respected her. She was well respected. I would have. I would have killed her. And and, yeah. and the way that the way that Catherine played her was like you love you 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 felt sorry for this woman. You felt sorry for her. That that was her thing. You just felt sorry for her. She she was very manipulative. She was very very good at 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 fucking hiding her shit. Like very. She really mentally didn't think she did anything wrong. How was Catherine Keener on set having to do a role like this? Oh, amazing. She was great. She was, was she so was she good. was she able to did she like take moments before to sort of yeah. sit with it before yeah. she you can't really go, go in and out of yeah. you don't want to hold you don't want to I mean just just stay just with that, think though. of like you know, you know Elliot Page. You know, when he when he was doing this role, I mean by that when when he did do it, he was going by But Ellen. I think it's easier I don't know. I'm going to guess that it's easier to take it than to give it. For me, it'd be easier to take it than to give it. I don't know if I could, it'd be hard to do that to somebody, even though I, I'm acting. I mean, something like this that's based off of a true story. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Dude, I could. Dude, I, I even had like some, some concerns playing a character that off of someone that did this to yeah. someone and then being on set with all these kids, yeah. all these children that was one thing that affected me. I'm like, do these kids understand what they're filming right now? No. And what they, what they. Did they? Did anybody talk to them? I, I'm assuming it was a very delicate, delicate set. There okay. was never really happy sunshine and rainbows on that set. Right. I mean, you it was can't. always, it was always heavy. just like really heavy stuff. But I mean, they seem to do like explain and be very, very, but I wasn't, I wasn't involved in those scenes right. where they like fucking burned her stomach and like all that stuff. It was all children. It was all kids. Yeah. So. I wonder, I mean, I, 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 I don't know, like uh, nothing was ever explained to me as a kid. Was it to you and you were having to do bad things or having bad things done to you? Did there, was there ever a person, a producer or a director? I mean, anybody that really sat down and just kind of I guess talked not. to you through this stuff? I, I guess mean, not. No, not no, really someone that ever. Yeah. No, even kissing. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nothing. Uh-uh. I mean, how do you? You know, it's like a touchy subject. and, and with You kids, just do it. And, and like, but they're like, fuck. I mean, I don't know if I would be okay with my kid playing a role like this when their brain is not so fucking developed. I think of that too with like Dig. Yeah. With like what he had to do. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, no. Does that not fuck with you? I like, mean, I had killed somebody at, fun. At, at 10. Yeah. Does, like, did it not fuck with that you? That was the only thing they didn't let me do. Oh. Mm-hmm. I did everything else. They would not let me do the scene where I had to stab my mom. They had my stunt double do well, it. Well, they didn't like Deg do the Hannah kill. Right. You know, that's but the I only think- kill though. Right? No, he had, he killed what, the nurse. He killed. Uh, oh yeah. So they didn't let Deg do it. That's do any right. Of the killings. Any of the killings. They, it was a woman. That's, that's, yeah. I don't understand where the, where the line is drawn. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand either. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Well, that's, that's... Isn't that crazy? I, I These Dude. poor kids. These but I wanted to share this because I feel like that that that's exactly why I did the movie because I just, I feel like her case needs to be heard. Yeah. I feel so bad for this this girl that yeah. just was so helpless. And, and I, I, you know, Jenny, I, I understand like fear and stuff, but I mean, if you see shit like that, if you see something, some sort of fucking abuse or say anything something. on a child or anything, anybody, find the anybody. courage to say something. Even if you see it like in a store, like I was in Walmart and this kid, um, this guy comes in and this kid's like screaming like, I fucking hate you. And he goes like, well, I fucking hate you. I wish you were never fucking born oh, and all God. this stuff. And he's like dragging the kid. No. And I, I, I literally was like, nope. And I went and got the the manager and I was like, you're like, I'm calling the cops on you. Like, this is fucked. Yeah. Like, what is happening in this dynamic? You know, I, I, I will never turn my head. No, protect. From, protect, no. protect, protect, Please. protect. I even, even like the, um, you know, like sexual abuse when people are like, what, what is it? Like an ex or something? Yeah. You know, I try to review stuff on that too. And I try to like look and make sure I can see that. I, I remember watching a story of a woman that was at an appointment and she wrote a note. Mm, yes. You know? I'm seeing a lot of those commercials yeah. about, you know, how to how to tell somebody that yeah. you're in a bad abusive relationship or something. Like sometimes a stranger is the mm-hmm. one that that helps. I, can't, I think there was a, st- I, I feel like I have a story that I'm just blanking out on about a, a woman. I know 
at some point in my life, in my early twenties, someone got in, I picked up a girl that was crying on the side of the street that got in my car and had me drive her somewhere because she was running from her being like beaten by her boyfriend and was in my car. And I just kept thinking like, am I doing the right thing by taking her away? Did he see my car? Is he going to come running after me? Uh, Like what's going to happen? But I just got her in the car and took her where she wanted to go. Well, even that, the, the, I don't, I don't know the guy's last name, the Brian case, the, the, the couple, um, that was traveling in the van and then the cops pulled them over because they got into a fight and, you know, then he ended up murdering her and then he killed himself and all that stuff. I'm just like, like, like you don't want to be the person. You don't want, you don't want to be the person that doesn't say something. Better to be the person that says something and you're wrong. But they did. They did. And the authorities just like split them up for the night. But like, it's like, it's, it's so. That's, it just, it always happens. Yeah. Oh man. Well, shit. Well, on that note, thanks, Scout. Fucking fuck me up. <laughs> go home, go home and love on my kids. Yeah, it's pizza night, Seriously. so I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm coming to your house. Come to my house. <laughs> Come. <laughs> oh, well, this was fun. Think of Sylvia. Oh, thank yes, you guys. Thanks, guys. It's so much fun. Okay, so um, you can find. Uh, please follow us. Uh, well, first of all, subscribe so Ooh. you get notifications that we're on Spotify. Yes. Um, or you can uh, view our videos on Patreon. Patreon talks scary to me. Please send us your questions and murder cases you'd like for us to talk about at podcast. Sorry, it is podcast at talkscarytome.com. Yes, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> dot com. Uh, what else? What else? That's what else? It, that's it. Keep, keep them coming, guys. We, we love doing coming. this and we're so glad that you guys love it as well. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories, if you're brave enough. (laughs) 